Alex Ambaloon here, a.k.a. Totag and Tambo. Back for the Conference Championships edition of the NFL Prize Picks DraftKings show. Myself, my main man, JT Hayes. I'm not sure. I said last time it might be the last time we were doing this, and then we added more shows. I'm not sure about a Super Bowl show just yet, but for right now, it's what could be the final show. JT Hayes, how you doing this week, my man? What's happening? Doing good. How about the games last weekend? Just an incredible weekend. I'm still hung over a little bit from that Bills and Chiefs game. Surprising win by the Niners. The Bengals are for real. Got a chance to go to the Super Bowl here. So really excited about these two games. Interesting that we have both games where there are rematches. This is the third time that the Niners and the Rams are going to play each other. And the second time that the Bengals and the Chiefs are playing each other. Really going to be a fun, fun Sunday this week. Yeah, funny you said that too. I believe it's quote-unquote rubber matches, like when they played them twice. But I think the 49ers won both, and now the Rams are the favorite at home. We know Cincinnati won that game against the Chiefs, squeaked it out in the end, and now they're the underdog in Kansas City. So get to try and see if they can make up for it when it counts for the Chiefs and the Rams there in their their, um, games that they've got against them. But just going back for a second, like you said, we kind of – predicted it but everyone knew it was going to be good football don't get me wrong there but I will say this I said like this weekend's always a good one but last weekend was four of the best games on paper that I've seen in a very long time for something like that divisional rounds so for the fact that it played out three the first three games were won by a field goal as time expired after some crazy stuff think about the Bucks comeback in that game to even be in it Think about the special teams with the Packers and the 49ers that, you know, they got in the way there, tied the game up. And then in the big snowstorm, they go out and kick the winning field goal there. Just everything was awesome to see the entire weekend. And then it ends with the Chiefs Bills game like that. Like, I don't care about overtime rules. All that's for a totally different conversation. You got the best game you could possibly ask for. I thought it was over four different times. and, And then it went to OT. Like, that's how insane it was down the stretch. So you called it. Hey, look, I think this weekend's still going to be a lot of fun. I think these are going to be two huge games, and it could be even better. Always the Super Bowl is something to look forward to, but I think these two games will be two two more good ones that we get to see on who books their ticket to the Super Bowl. So we'll get to it. Before we get into it, we're going to go through, same as always, round it out. we got our two prize picks each that we're going to bring up. You can parlay them together. You can play them separate. You can put them into a mini where you need just two of them to hit or three of them to hit, whatever you'd like to do at this point. Love prize picks for that reason. And then we'll get into our DraftKings segment. We're going to do it like last weekend, game by game. It's just two games, so we'll go one after the other. But JTAs, talk to the people a little bit about prize picks and then hop into your two prize picks of the week. Yeah, you have to wonder if you're watching this and you haven't signed up, you don't have the account, you haven't typed in code MMN and gotten your $100 deposit match, you missed out on the Mail Media Network contest. A lot of people DMing me on Twitter telling me, hey, I've won. When's the payout going to be? They all got paid out. It was awesome. If you haven't done it yet, though, guess what? We've got these football games. The Super Bowl is coming up. PGA is having a huge event this weekend. I think they might even do some daily prize picks for some of these sports. And then some news today, who knows? Maybe we'll have Major League Baseball on time this season or just a little bit delayed. And don't forget about NBA. So prizepicks.com. Enter code MMN, get your $100 deposit match. For last week, man, in a word, it was hurtful how close I came to two out of two. A.J. Brown, sweat-free, no problem. He was dancing in the end zone, got it on like his third catch in the second quarter, no problem. Sip a beer, you won that one. 
Devontae Adams is coming up. No-brainer. Easily going to get over 90 and a half yards. Nine catches, 90 yards. Probably the reason why they lost that game is they slowed the game down, did not go to Devontae Adams enough. But one for two last week. We get back on the horse. We're at it again. I'm going to go with the first pick, Brandon Ayuk of the San Francisco 49ers, over 45 and a half yards. The reason why, you're asking why, JT, why? They've got Debo. They've got Eli. They've got George Kittle there. Well, the reason why is because, yes, he didn't get but one target last week in the cold and the snow in Green Bay. Three games before that, Brandon Ayuk easily over 45 and a half yards. This game is going to be inside. It's going to be warm. It's going to be cozy. Going to be in SoFi Stadium against a Rams defense that we have seen give up huge plays. And I'm not worried. Even if the Niners somehow get down big, the Rams in garbage time have been an absolute printer for the opposing offense. Not just for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. The Houston Texans did this to them in the middle of the season. So going to go with Brandon Ayuk. I think this line is lower than it should be based on what he's done over the course of the second half of the season, over 45 and a half yards. Second one, pretty much a no-brainer. I think most people expect to see not just a repeat of this first Cincinnati Bengals-Kansas City Chiefs game, but maybe a repeat at warp speed, where we see almost, hopefully, if we're lucky, a replay of that Kansas City and Buffalo game from last week. Tyreek Hill, over 75 and a half yards. These are the games that Tyreek and Travis Kelsey come to play. These are the guys who, if the Chiefs win, if it's close, if they have a chance of getting past this team and getting to their third Super Bowl in a row, it's going to be no question Tyreek Hill goes over 75 and a half receiving yards. So Ayuk, Hill, I'm going two for two this week. I feel pretty confident about it. I like that. And I like what you said at the top. That was sort of my feeling again. You remember a couple weeks back now, it was the Cincinnati game where Chase went for four touchdowns and I had the over on Burrow smashed. I had Higgins who couldn't get there for me because Chase took all the yards and all the touchdowns. We just needed the yards, of course. Last week, same story. Josh Allen absolutely goes off, destroys it. He did everything on the ground, touchdowns, you name it. All the yardage we needed was done early in that fourth quarter once they started going back and forth. And then I just needed Diggs to break 67 with all those yards he went for. And instead it was Gabriel Davis having an absolute career game with not only four touchdowns, but well over 200 yards. Couldn't just take a little bit off and share it with his boy Diggs there, nothing. So we'll go back to it. I'll be looking for a 2-0 and this week as well myself. I love where your head's at. Obviously only two games, so there's going to be correlation, things lining up. But I actually think it goes pretty well because my first one is going to be Travis Kelsey Travis Kelsey over 70 and a half receiving yards. I know you just mentioned Hill. Don't worry. They both can get there and you'll know when you get my second prize pick. But the thought process here is quite simple. You look back, you know, thought process over the last two weeks, what he's done. I looked down at the numbers, 96, 108 over the last two weeks out of Kelsey. And the big thing for me is just getting the job done when you need to. I know he had some slow weeks throughout the season and that kind of got people down on him a little bit. It's no different than what people do with a George Kittle or some of the others in Mark Andrews and these top tight ends within the league. But if you think about going back to Kelsey, when they needed him, he got the job done. They're going to stick to him. Last week was to get to this spot, to get into the conference championships. This week's even more important, even more on the line is to get into the Super Bowl and book your ticket there. So I think they're going to trust him early and often. I've already seen outside books with lines much higher than 70 and a half. For Travis Kelsey, so I'm feeling pretty good about starting there. Like I said, the second one will correlate 
quite nicely and just round it all together for us, JT Hayes, is because I'm going to go with Mahomes over 283 and a half passing yards. I'm with you here in this game. I think regardless of what happened in the first one, it doesn't matter. I think it's going to be the same back and forth. I don't think either team has anybody that can stop anyone. And these guys are all just too good. You mentioned Hill. I mentioned Kelsey. That's who he's going to be sticking with. You see that he's got guys like Pringle, Hardman, others that he brings into the mix. That's Mahomes. But in general, he's the one that's throwing the ball. He's the one that he's trusting to go to these guys. I think when we talk DraftKings and DFS later as well, we'll be bringing up all these guys again for stacks. Even though it's uncomfortable to fit usually, it can make a lot of sense here. So I like all those picks together. And then lastly, I'm Mahomes, 300. I'm not even expecting last week. People say, oh, yeah, he threw for 378 last week. But look at that game and how it went and all these things with overtime. He had 404 the week before that. He was very close to the 283 and a half in the same matchup against the Bengals just a few weeks ago. So I think this is a good spot to target the Kansas City offense, very obviously. But if you think about it, I think when we're talking DraftKings and DFS later, many people will still go to the Burrow side with Chase, Higgins, all of them, and maybe for good reason. But I like these guys on Kansas City. Any other thoughts here, JTAs? I like that quite a bit. And you remember in that game against the Bengals, the Chiefs really were in the driver's seat didn't really have a lot to achieve by playing their stars. This was a game where you saw some backups come in. You saw that volatility because it's the regular season, because they're just trying to get to the postseason. I agree. I think this is a spot where Mahomes is going to lean on the guys who he trusts, and that's Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup. I think, look, you could also go to, at least on the receiver side of Cincinnati, challenges i'm not sure exactly which one of these receivers is going to get that three four target game in the end zone like what happened last week gabe davis stefan Diggs. so going to be an interesting game to watch for sure yeah good segue here because that's the thing you know we both love the kansas city side for these props but the bengals are right in the mix as well that you know i think it was burrow who said it last week look we're tired of this underdog story we're this good this is what you're going to expect to see going forward this is not you know, we're just some lucky squad getting into the playoffs and making a run. This is what they expected to do. Again, he has to say that, but at the same time, he's put his money where his mouth is. He's definitely, you know, walked the walk as much as he's talked the talk. So now the matchup comes. They've already won this matchup. We talked about it earlier. I don't care if they squeaked it out or not. Vin Diesel, cue it up. Fast and the Furious, inch or a mile, doesn't matter. Winning's winning. That's exactly what they did. And if they do that again here, we saw it last week. Every game was an inch or a mile. It was just right at the end. We talked about it. Three field goals as time expired, and then an overtime game where the other team doesn't get the ball back based on the touchdown. Like, that's how much it came down to. The same thing could happen here in this game. I think both these games are extremely tough to predict. But talk to me about it first, because we've got the Bengals and Chiefs up first. Talked about it earlier. It's in Kansas City. The Chiefs are favored by a full touchdown here. Seven. Touchdown in the pad, I should say. Seven-point favorites, 54-and-a-half total, JT Hayes. What are your thoughts for how this game shakes out offensively, defensively, and then what do you think happens and who wins in the end? That total rising deliciously just to just to whet our appetites for what we're going to see this Sunday. And there's no doubt about it, an impressive win by the Bengals. But there's a big difference between playing Ryan Tannehill with essentially one NFL wide receiver in A.J. Brown, a... Derrick Henry with a plate in his foot, making his first start in eight or nine weeks to playing the Kansas City Chiefs with all of their weapons, with now even like this three-headed backfield where you're not sure who's going to get the touches away. I think it's going to be Jarek McKinnon, but just a fantastic game here. 
And I do. I think it's going to be close. Because you look at Kansas City, too. They played a high-powered offense last week, very similar to or I would say on par with what the Bengals have been doing this season. And they were very close to not reaching this game. They were very close, 13 seconds close, perhaps you've heard that number a time or 7,000 this week, to not getting to play in the AFC championship game. I think the number seven, it, it, the line there is interesting to me on the Bengals side because I don't see that the Chiefs are going to have the ability to slow down Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon and this passing game. And I see the same thing on the opposite side. So I think a number more in line with where I feel at least is like a three and a half or four for the home team as the favorite. So if you can get an alternate line, I like that quite a bit here. I think on the Cincinnati side, there's no question they're going to do what they can to get the ball into the hands of Jamar Chase, primary target. I think T Higgins is going to see a whole lot of targets as well, especially if the Chiefs look to try and double or scheme to at least make it more difficult to get the ball to Jamar Chase. And then Joe Mixon has been playing a big role in these games, played a big role and did really well in that game against the Titans, even though the Titans are a team that traditionally have not, at least this season, had other teams have not had a lot of success running the ball on them. On the Kansas City side, I think it's even easier. I think you're looking at Tyreek, you're looking at Kelsey, Maybe Pringle gets a couple of targets in the end zone there. And then I do think it's going to be Jarek McKinnon. McKinnon out snapping the former starter, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, by a three-to-one margin last week in that win over the Bills. So that's where I see this. I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be close. I can see this game. Last week, I thought it was going to be the Bills. I thought it was the Bills' team of destiny. We're on a hot streak. This one, I could really see this going either way. Yeah, and I like some of the stuff you brought up. Throughout the season on this show, we didn't talk a lot about the betting side, but I think it's so much more imperative in the playoffs when you're just down to these few games. And I'm not a big teaser guy, but I know that everyone I've seen, and talking to me at least, is saying, oh, it's easy. Just tease the Chiefs down to win by one. Usually in a teaser is when you're betting, you're taking six points, or sometimes you can do more, seven. I've seen 10-point teasers, but most cases, people are taking the six points, pulling it down. In football, a lot of times they take the seven, but they'll take it down from minus seven, for the Chiefs to win at home to just be the Chiefs have to win, but you have to tease it with another game. So a lot of people are going to the 49ers and putting them from a three and a half point underdog with the same seven points goes up to plus 10 and a half. I think it's actually the other way. I think what you said was right. I would rather tease the Bengals. I think I, you, I don't care what anybody says, how good these Chiefs look or how good they are, or whatever you want to say. It was still a close game with the Bills for them to maybe not even be here. We'll talk about the 49ers later in their close calls to get to the spot they're in. But look, if you think about these Bengals, they're not going away. They they won the last game. It would be it's more. I think it's more ridiculous to think that the Chiefs win by 21 than it is that the Bengals win the game. I think that they can stick within at 14, no problem. So I actually like teasing it up from the plus seven to plus 14 if you're going to do that using the Bengals side. And then I do like the 49ers for this angle as well. We'll talk more on that later. As far as the game goes, DraftKings, DFS strategy, everything. Everyone's going to be stacking this game up because of the total. Like you said, it's rising as it is. I've got no problem with that. I just think, like you said, you're going to have to get different within it. So if you're using Burrow, use Mixon. Not as many people will stack with the running back. Make sure you're mixing him into your stacks. You can go to Uzoma as another guy to put in there. You can use Tyreek and Kelsey, which sometimes is something, you know, a situation where it doesn't correlate as well because you're saying, well, if one hits their ceiling, 
it's going to take away from the other guy. But then you got to remember, there's only four teams on this slate and a much smaller pool of usable players. Normally, when we're using that strategy, it's with 14 games, 28 teams, full Sunday slate of classic NFL DFS. So I would keep that in mind. I definitely think you can fit them all in. There's other guys, the Pringles, the Hardmans, guys like that that you can mix in. Love the McKinnon call. I think that's pretty set in stone. I don't think it's going to change. And we'll talk about later with the Rams situation. They have a similar setup now with Akers being back, but I just think that kind of is the same situation here. I like McKinnon quite a bit, and I'm going to be overstacking this game. I've got no problem using the two running backs in the same game in the next one to try and make it a little different that way, or using a defense against a running back or even a quarterback for that matter. You could use the Chiefs D against Burrow. Burrow makes a couple mistakes early on, but that's what fires the game up and really gets the pace going. And now all of a sudden we get that back and forth shootout. And look, it's a one in four chance of the defense being right, but most won't have the defense against the quarterback. So there's a lot of different strategies you can use within this game. I think, you know, the wide receivers are always tough to pick through and you talk through them, but Chase really tore them up last time. So do you, do you take much from that or are you still willing to go like, where does Tyler Boyd sit for you? Or what do you do with, you know, Higgins and Chase? It's kind of the same situation. You could definitely play both. But what are your thoughts on that based on Chase going off against them last time? Look, if I'm the Chiefs, I definitely want to know every single snap before the snap, well before the snap. I want to know today, where is Jamar Chase? Where is he on Thursday? Where is he Friday? Like, I want to know where he is because like you said, he ripped this team apart. The question is, do they have the defensive personnel to stop him? Do they have the defensive personnel to focus more than one player on him because the Chiefs, excuse me, because the Bengals have so many weapons? T. Higgins has proven to be a very valuable weapon. So if you guard two on Chase, then you're leaving Higgins a little bit more wide open. Tyler Boyd may be the forgotten man here. Hadn't done anything. Had a couple of big games throughout the season. Usually when one of these other guys were out but I think it is a situation where maybe if they focus on both Chase and Higgins a little bit more yeah you could see Tyler Boyd but I think betting on the talent betting on who are the top targets on these playoff teams more often than not pays off yes Gabriel Davis over Stefan Diggs last weekend but interesting thing that I looked at and I didn't discover it until Sunday morning is that Davis had actually been playing more snaps than Diggs I think it was 40 to 36 in the game before that. I didn't read too much into it. Maybe I should have. But here, I think it's a situation where clearly the top target is Chase. Clearly target 1A is T. Higgins. And I do think that the Chiefs have to worry enough about C.J. Uzoma and Joe Mixon that it's going to be difficult to focus all that much energy on Chase. Does he have the same type of enormous game? I don't know that that happens. But look. In the last, I think it was Gabe Davis from two minutes on had more than 100 yards receiving against the Chiefs. So anything is possible here. I, I think, especially on a two-game slate, multi-entry is what you want to do, but you want to focus more on those primary pieces. And then if you have to take one of these 3K guys on one of these other teams to make everything fit, that's fine. More often than not, these winners in these two-game slates are going to be how do you fit in the most appropriately priced primary targets for these teams? Yeah, and I like what you brought up there, too. The Tyler Boyd thing is funny because, first off, I'll say this. Back to the Chase thing from earlier, that's actually the week of my prize picks when he had three touchdowns was the game against Kansas City when Burrow went for 446 and Higgins did nothing. It was all Chase. That was the game against 
the Chiefs. So it just makes sense going that we're back to it here now. The other thing is Tyler Boyd. So we're, everyone's asking, you know, who's the next Gabriel Davis? You brought that up. Tyler Boyd does not look like a guy that will get you four touchdowns in a game <laughs> like Gabriel Davis, but he did get four touchdowns, one in each of the last four of the last five. So in four of the last five games, he's got a single touchdown, including four games in a row. So maybe he could get you a touchdown here and that could make or break it. Like you said, you've got to look, and I'm looking at the pricing here, 6,700 for Jamar Chase over on DraftKings, but you've got Debo at 72, Hill at 7,000. So you're going to have some decisions to make. Of course, you can play all three and get different elsewhere, but I think that's going to be the decision you have to make. And then of course, Cooper Cup, we're going to get to in a second. Anything else on that game you want to talk about, JT Hayes? Yeah, the one thing on Tyler Boyd, Gabriel Davis' speed is just something that's a, a whole different thing. And yeah. it is not the speed that Tyler Boyd has. It is the speed that the J Jamar Chase has. So I, I much, I think, more clearly see a path to a huge game here from Chase than Tyler Boyd. But at that price point, Boyd could play a role. He could get you three catches, 35 yards, and get a touchdown and that could be optimal on this two-game slate. Yeah, and I'm just looking at early ownership projections. Again, we'll have more of that stuff over as the week goes on. But I just think looking at it now, like they're all still getting ownership because people say, well, clearly Chase is the best play. I play him. But he's getting similar ownership because people want to stack this game. And it's not necessarily sneaky or unique just to drop down because what you're getting with those savings is into some higher owned or more options with a Debo or with a cup or someone else that people are playing plenty of. So I, I think it'll come more down to overall roster construction and not just, oh, instead of this, play that. Another way you could do it just lastly, and it'll work for both games. So it ties us in before we segue into the next and final game. But just if you have a lineup you love with Jamar Chase at 6,700, you could always just remove him, put Higgins and leave a thousand bucks on the table because the majority that you would be duplicated with would make sure that Chase is in there. But there's definitely a world. If Gabriel Davis can beat Stefan Diggs, which it, it can it happens, we know that he, and Higgins has done it in other games. He can beat Jamar Chase. So it's just an example of a way to get different while still having the exact same team. You're really just only counting on one more thing. And hey, if you're worried or you got FOMO that oh, but it, it probably still will be Chase, put that lineup in, import it, you know, open up a new tab, open a new lineup, import that one in delete chase put in higgins or boyd and leave the money on the table that's how you get different on these two game slates and it's literally one event needing to happen just one versus one for him needing to beat him so i like that strategy as well let's move on let's talk about this rams bucks game or sorry rams um 49ers game the uh the 49ers are favored sorry the rams are favored by three and a half look it off last week's notes 46 point total so 49ers at rams Rams favored by three and a half, 46 point total there. We got it right. JT Hayes, early thoughts on this game. We'll dive through it like we did the last one, go through some DraftKings stuff. But just in general, what are your thoughts on what's going to happen with this game, how you see things playing out? Yeah, like I said, this game is indoors and it'll be in Los Angeles. And this is where the Niners won. Niners won. They needed to win to get into the postseason. Uh, we've heard all week long that the Niners have four straight wins over the Los Angeles Rams. Two big differences with this game. The Rams have been smashing their opponents here in the playoffs. The Niners, lucky to get out of Dallas. Very lucky to get out of Green Bay. Needed two amazing, amazing special teams plays to do that. And this Los Angeles Rams defense has looked really, really good in the beginning of games. Not so good in that second half against 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So it, it's it's this one for me is difficult. I do think it's a toss up. I have said now two weeks in a row that I expected Kyle Shanahan to make the late mistake. And he really hasn't, but he's also gotten lucky with coaching on the other side. So this is probably, there's no doubt, the biggest game that Matthew Stafford has ever played in his career. There are some good things perhaps to look at coming out of that Green Bay game with the San Francisco defense. Like I mentioned, they did hold Devontae Adams, nine catches, sure, but 90 yards. That doesn't kill you. At Cooper Cup's price on this two-game slate, 8,800, that's probably not getting you into the optimal. That's probably not going to be on the winner of these tournaments if that's what he does, if they can hold him down. So I think Elijah Mitchell is a good play in this game. I think that on the opposite side, it's going to be Cam Akers. Cam Akers out snapping Sony Michelle by a four to one margin last week. So Sony got a couple of targets. Should we be concerned, Tyler, about the fact that Cam had those two fumbles in that game? Well, I don't think so because they went right back to him. And then the last thing I'll say in my first thoughts here as I was looking at this game is that game, the last game where the Niners needed to beat the Rams to get into the postseason, it wasn't Debo. It wasn't George Kittle. It was Juwan Jennings going six catches, 94 yards, and two touchdowns. And that was in a must-win game. He's just 3,400. He's an interesting punt here to me on this two-game slate. I like the Jennings call there. He's someone that would definitely get you different and literally could just be that play. Again, you'll have to move things around elsewhere to make it work. But I do like that call. The other thing too, is like you said, I know, you know, it's going to come back to last week and it was special teams and it was snowing and all of these factors when going up against the Packers. But like you said, if the 49ers can do that to Aaron Rodgers, you still have to worry at least a little bit about what they can do against Cooper Cup, I mean, against, sorry, Matt Stafford. And then the Cooper Cup side of things, like you mentioned it, I talked about this all season over at Run Pure Sports. We both do work over there. And you just think about it in general. I mean, this guy is 8,800 bucks. He has to do so much. There's been multiple times. I know that the worst games for him are like 17 to 21 points, somewhere in that 20 point range. The Ravens tried to do it to him. They like triple bracketed him and he still gets 21 points. But I just think do your numbers up. And when you're building your lineups, look at it, put them down for the same Devonte Adams number, put them down for nine for 90 and see what that looks like when you're building your lineups and see where the others shake out at and what your upgrades are when you're moving things around. Because if I'm stacking Stafford, I probably don't want to do too many without cup because I think that's where the ceiling's going to, if Stafford's going to hit his ceiling, I think it's going to be through his guy. And look, you can try and stop Cooper cup all you wanted, all you want to. You think they didn't want to stop him at the end of that game last week when they lofted it up, just finally the perfect throw. Usually Stafford's way back on it or behind and just drops into a bucket for Cooper cup to basically end the game there, get their kicker out and ship that thing. So it's hard to stop a guy you can try all you want that's that good. So I don't want to say go off him completely, but I'll tell you what, I've got no problem just over stacking that first game and focusing on this run game here. And that's what I thought was nice that you brought up. Uh, the fumbles, I laughed when you said that because I was going to say the next point you just made. I smiled when you said it because I was like, no, it didn't bother him because they went right back to him. And that's crazy. But I just think that's, you know, already the story is nuts. No one expected Cam Akers after that injury at the early part of the season where everyone had drafted him and excited for the season for this guy, just a devastating injury. And now he's back making a difference. And you say two fumbles, sure, that's not the difference in the right way. But the game before that, now finding his way back in, I think he's taken over. And Michelle will hop in and take some stuff away, no doubt. But I do, I think in general, in the overall, it just, it's as comfortable as I was in the first game 
saying McKinnon over CEH like you were, I'm just as comfortable saying Akers over Sony Michelle. It's just that easy. I think that's the way to go about it. Mitchell, on the other hand, is a, a decision to make. But I think, man, if these Rams do anything, you have got to stop Debo. Sell out. I don't care what you got to do. And yes, Mitchell can still punish you, and he may. And that's why I like Mitchell here myself. But I'm just saying Debo is the guy, right? He's throwing touchdowns. He's running. He's a, a running back, wide receiver, quarterback, whatever you want him to do. And he just doesn't seem to be able to be stopped in his own way. So the craziest thing, JTA, is I don't know. I've just been thinking about this. I don't think it'll happen because I'm, I'm on the Chiefs winning that first game while the Bengals can put up a good fight. And I like that side for the teaser I mentioned. I think the Chiefs win. For this game, I still think the Rams win. Same thing. But at the same time, and I'll talk about that in one second. I have another thought. I have two visions. The first one is Debo versus Chase in the Super Bowl. That's two of the most dynamic receivers in the entire National Football League. I love Justin Jefferson. I love Devontae Adams. When those two played each other, it was incredible to watch. But if you, it's different. They're the best, like to me, receivers. Go out, get that ball, run your route. They don't even do... They do it so special that it doesn't seem special because the basics are so easy for them. This is totally different. Jamar Chase, game-changing. The way Debo, like I said, has been doing things, I would love to see that. The reason I think the Rams and Chiefs, it's the, the headline in my mind, and I'm feeling good about this, is do you remember, J.T. Hayes, the Mexico City game? Like 107 points or something between the Chiefs and the Rams? I'm salivating at the thought, thinking of these two teams being in the Super Bowl, that being sort of the highlights we get to see for two weeks, the total just going up and up and up and putting everything I have on the under for the ultimate sweat at the Super Bowl because it'll just be so obvious, right? There's no way. It's not going to, like, they're not going to put anywhere near the 107 or whatever they had the last time they played. It's a Super Bowl, but it'll be a stupid number and it will be sweaty for sure. I don't think it would come easy if that was even the matchup. I'm just saying I would have the most conviction of my life on betting that under. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but it'd be one of the biggest bets I ever made just because that's how I bet. And I think many people would be in on that. We'll keep talking some of this game, but what are your thoughts on these crazy philosophies that I'm having over here? Yeah, I think it was also 107 degrees outside of Mexico City when they <laughs> played that hot. game. So you're talking about sweaty. That's amazing. But uh, I, I would, I'm kind of, you know, it's hard. Here's the thing, right? We've got some interesting things here. It's hard to get to the Super Bowl three years in a row. That's what Kansas City is trying to do. They snuck out a win last week. The Rams almost lost that game. The Niners have snuck two wins out here in the playoffs. So teams that are, even though the Rams are winning going up by big margins, right? These games have been pretty much razor thin. A turnover here, a special teams play here, a comeback, an improbable comeback in 13 seconds. I think we're going to see a really, really good Sunday of football. And as far as the predictions on the betting side, I'm going to go with the Bengals and that line. And I don't know if the Bengals win, but I like the Bengals and the plus seven. And then in the San Francisco, Los Angeles game, it's tough. It's really, really tough. Yeah. I'm, I'm teasing both the dogs. That's my favorite bet. We talked a lot of DraftKings. I mean, when you put it together in this game, the other guys, I guess the only ones we didn't mention were Higby, and Kittle, those two tight ends will definitely probably be lower owned than Kelsey and Uzoma. Kelsey for sure, just because highlights the slate. He's the most expensive, but you can easily fit him, like all these factors. Kittle's the guy I like taking the risk on even more just because it's a guy that he's always boomer bust. Listen, if you're playing multiple lineups, talking 20 plus or something, 
definitely get some Kittle in there because if the lineups are dead because of Kittle anyway, like they're dead, but don't think, but you have to think about it from the other side. What about if he does have one of those special George Kittle games where he just goes off for three touchdowns, the 49ers smash, something like that, that would be huge. And he would break the slate. So it's a one-off position, right? So, and then of course, two tight end, more than capable of doing that on a slate like this. My bet though, JTAs, I said it at the top, but it's just to be clear, seven point teaser, Bengals plus 14 paired with 49ers plus 10 and a half. Get it before the lines move any further. That's my favorite one. It should pay out around minus 120, but you can hit it for a big number because I just think it's a safe bet. First off, those teams can win these games. Second off, look at what the road dogs did last week. I don't think it'll be much different here. And you say, oh, but the Chiefs are going to win. Do they really win by 15? Because that's what would need to happen for it not to push or win. So I don't know your thoughts there. And then anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Yeah, I, I like that. I, th- I think that's one way you could do it. I, I'm kind of sold on on the Bengals and and the the seven. I think that they keep this game close. I think maybe this is a game where you see it's decided by Money McPherson or by Butker there at the end of the game. And then one other note on the tight ends: Tyler Higby's price on DraftKings is now down to three seven. So no, he's not going to get the targets that. Cooper Cup is getting. He's not going to get the targets that Odell Beckham Jr. is getting, but he's now at that price point where he gets two or three catches, 20 or 30 yards, and he gets a touchdown, and you got a real shot of seeing him in the winner. Yeah, I like that call. Like I was going to say, too, Zalma's right there for 300 bucks less. You game log watch both of them. It's like six to eight targets every game. They both do the same thing. They both have great quarterbacks throwing to them. Obviously, we're in the conference championships. They're there for a reason. These guys are a big part of it, but it's just funny. Like you said, most will go to Kelsey or try and do Kittle. Like I just talked about, I think in those game stacks, you're going to want to get Uzoma and Higby into them for the cheaper price. And the fact that they actually have the upside to not only get the targets and the cheap yardage, the points per, per reception, but they also can get a touchdown or two. Both these guys have had multiple touchdown games this season or more. So I really like that call. That's all we got, though, man. That's it for this week. We went through both the games. It's going to be another great weekend. Look at how we just talked through it. There's just so many angles and ways you can go about taking these games on. A lot of action out there, prize picks, DraftKings, betting. Everything that we've went through is out there for you guys. So hit up some of those links. Check everything out. Subscribe to the channel. Like JT Hayes said, we're hoping for more sports with baseball, but you still have NHL, NBA, golf is back. Lots of content right here on the Mayo Media Network. So hit that red subscribe button. In the bottom corner, JT Hayes, let the people know where they can find you. At JT Hayes Jr. on Twitter.com and at Run Pure Sports. While you're going and subscribing to the Mayo Media Network, go ahead. Subscribe to the Run Pure Sports YouTube channel as well. Hit the like button on your way out. Yeah, it might be a little biased, but I like that idea also because I'm as well, I'm with you there over there. I'm also over at Run Pure Sports. You guys can check out everything we've got going on over there. I'm here on the Mayo Media Network as well with Kenny Kim doing the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. Be sure to check that out every Monday evening. We've got a great show. It's I think we got 35 or 36 more weeks to go. So there's going to be a lot of golf throughout the season. And then all of that content is going to be over at Run Pure Sports as well. You can find me on Twitter at Toe Tag and Tambo. Other than that, thank you guys for everything. We appreciate you and good luck.